0: Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime.
1: What's up, SDS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. And tonight I'm about to introduce you to two familiar faces. People are dropping like flies. Dr. Roger Rhodes was supposed to be on. He's got uh he's tech challenged. He keeps asking for a code. There is no code for this. So uh he's working on it. And then uh uh Sarah Ford was gonna join us, but she had an unexpected work meeting, so it's down to three of us here. And uh Bland barely made it on. It looks like he was in a bar fight, but lo and behold, that was just the bulldog. What happened there? Is that Coco, Eric Bland?
2: It was uh Coco, yeah. She uh she decided she was gonna Punched me in the face with her claws when I got down on the ground, the sailboat or so Mm. looked like I was in a fight. It looks good. It's a good look for a litigator.
1: You know, it's a good look and I don't want to get off on a crazy tangent here, but I was once at a UFC fight. I was just telling the story the other day. I was in the crowd at a UFC fight and sitting in the stands, watching this fight with my wife and It was a crazy finish to a fight, and the guy next to me got up, and he had an oversized watch on, and he went like this, and he basically tore up my entire face. So it looked like I was in a UFC fight, and that very night, when we went out afterwards, we were hanging out with world-famous Nick Diaz, and he thought that I was a fighter because I had— this big gash on my face, but it was simply from sitting in the stands. So that's about as tough as I get, Eric
2: Bland. But your co, your co, guest, my co guest, uh, Taylor is one of the best wrestlers, uh, in our state, even today. He's a, uh, was a high school wrestling coach and is a serious athlete. Uh,
1: yeah, that,
0: excellent wrestler. Was that, a serious athlete.
1: That, that's what I've heard. I don't, I don't
0: get me. to hit the gym like Eric does these days.
1: That's what I've heard. He so, Taylor, how good were you at wrestling before we get into the Murdoch saga once again? I could hold real on.
0: good. Yeah. You, what? What? Uh, what? What weight class were you in? I was a little guy, man. I, I weighed when I was in high school. I was a six pounder, a thirteen pounder, and a twenty five pounder. Man, I yeah. was a little guy. My my son wrestled this weekend. He was fifty pound weight class at six years old in his very first tournament. placed third in both brackets. And if I wasn't running for state senate, I'd have argued a little bit more with the ref about my kid losing the match that he should have won. <laughs> I'd be doing the same thing. I got
1: to get my kid into wrestling. They say it's the best best sport for kids. But on to Alec Murdoch here. So he went from, of course, prominent South Carolina attorney to convicted killer. He murdered his wife Maggie and son Paul. And in his wake, he's. Uh, it seems like the entire Low Country was affected. Well, now Alec Murdoch is guilty. Again, he agreed to plead guilty to a total of 22 counts, including money laundering, breach of trust, and financial fraud in exchange for a 27-year sentence. Eric and Taylor are going to break it down. For those who do not know, if anyone's been living on Mars, this is Eric Bland, selected for inclusion in the South Carolina Super Lawyers in 2015, 2016, 2017. He goes all the way on up to 2023. Uh, and he also happens to be representing Gloria Satterfield's family, the Murdoch's housekeeper who died after a fall down a flight of stairs and is also the host of Cup of Justice, a true crime podcast that you should not miss. Meanwhile, Mr. Future Senator Taylor Bell, he is running for state senate for all of you in South Carolina. Make sure you get out and vote. He's been focused on representing criminal defendants ever since his student days at the University of South Carolina School of Law. He worked at the Public Defender's Office. He even received intensive additional training and the Art of Jury Persuasion, which I find fascinating. Um, Before we go any further, if you can, please support us on Patreon, YouTube. If you can't do that, you guys are helping so much. Please listen to us if you're in the car on audio platforms like Spotify or Apple. Give us five stars if you can. The audio side really helps us uh, to grow, Uh, so please do that. And tomorrow morning, programming note, 1045 a.m., live coverage and analysis of Donna Sue Adelson's first appearance in Leon County, Florida. The woman who uh, accused of having her ex-son-in-law murdered because she didn't want to go to Tallahassee, just landed in Tallahassee, and she's being booked into the Leon County Jail, and we're going to have that first appearance with live analysis tomorrow morning beginning at 1045 45. We've
2: been talking about that case, Joe, on uh, Court TV. I really like that case. That's yeah. a very interesting case. It's.
1: Uh, I know you were
2: at the trial. I know you were at the trial the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I was up there. It was fascinating to watch. Obviously, you guys were dealing with Alec Murdoch, but this is in Florida. Really fascinating case with, with so many layers. And now the son was convicted. Now, this comes over nine years after the murder of Dan Martin. Mm-hmm. The son was just convicted about two weeks ago, the mother last week. Um, So mother and son, uh, they're going to be together in Tallahassee uh, in the same county jail, which is really strange. But uh, back to South Carolina, Alec Murdoch, he is the criminal who keeps on giving because he keeps on taking. First, he was taking lives. He's taking a lot of money as well. Um, Eric, just kind of break this down. I had a lot of people tweeting at me saying they're confused about all this because he also pleaded guilty back in September. What was this part of it about? There were 22 counts here.
2: Um, This part was all of the state court crimes that, um, he ended up pleading guilty, too. The state was going to go forward on November 27th trying only the Gloria Satterfield theft case where he and Corey Fleming together stole $4.3 million. And what the state was going to do, um, Joel, was they were going to try each individual fi- financial crime case separately so that they would get uh, three felony convictions, which under our state uh, code gives you life without parole. It's called LWAP. And that was going to be a belt and suspenders on the state level, just in case the murder conviction gets reversed or there's a new trial granted on the pending motion for a new trial. Don't forget, though, there's also the pending Labor Day shooting felony charges, and then there's also drug conspiracy charges. But what they decided to do was uh, there was some pressure being put on the attorney general's office by a number of different sources, legislatures. Even Judge Newman wanted um, there to be a plea because these trials are very costly and the cost for these trials is borne by the county where each trial takes place. Now, Beaufort County is a very wealthy county in our state, but some of the other trials were going to take place in Jasper and again in Walterboro and Hampton, which are very poor counties in our state. And so What ended up happening is Alex Murdoch agreed to plead guilty to all of the financial crime cases, the Satterfield case, the Pickney case, the Badger case, the Plyler's sisters that I also represent. And he got um, 27 years where he will do 85 percent of his time, no chance for parole, and there's no appeal. Um, this is on the heels of a federal court plea on September twentieth in front of Judge Richard Gergel. And right now, a pre-sentence report is being done by probation and parole um on the federal level. And his sentencing will come probably in January or February uh, on the federal level. But what what they wanted to do, what the state wanted to do was get these convictions. And and don't kid yourself, I know there's a lot of people that are very upset that they think the state yielded and they should have held out for a higher sentence or they should have tried each individual case. But as Taylor's going to tell you, 27 years for white collar case cases is a very large sentence in a state court, federal court. It's much higher because of the guidelines, but in state court, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a, a higher white collar sentence than 27 years. And, you know, Alex Murdoch is 54 years old, and if he does his time in a maximum security prison, it's hard time. And most most people don't live beyond 70 to 72 years in a maximum security prison because of the food so bad and the health care and just the dangerous everyday lifestyle. So there's going to be a lot of time that he's going to serve. The only way that he could get a reduction in his time is if he starts ratting on people in prison. Uh, like we had a Gerard Price situation in um, in the in the spring, which was a big case where a gang member got his his murder sentence from 35 years, pushed down to 19 because he was ratting people out in prison. Alex isn't going to be able to do that. So it's a long sentence. It doesn't please the public. You know, a sentence that doesn't please the public kind of makes Harpootlian a little upset because I know Harpootlian for the longest time was holding out for 15 years on a plea and wasn't going to agree to 27 years. And the AG's office never offered less than 27 years. So I think it works. Um, You know, you can't let perfect be the enemy of good. And our system is built on negotiated pleas. And I'll let Taylor talk more about that. But we have a system that's built on compromise, a criminal justice system where where people are charged, and in exchange for pleading for guilty, they get a, a lesser sentence. And everybody says, "Well, we had 902 years of potential jail time, and all these things." Nobody ever gets the full max. That we can't have a system where everybody plays it out to see if they can either beat it and get a not guilty verdict, or get the full max. So, I think it's a good result. It's a just result. It's justice, and justice isn't perfect, and it's not pretty
1: uh it is thanksgiving week happy thanksgiving to everybody by the way the coe uh was my idea actually but she's having everyone in sts nation i think send us a short video clip and she's going to put it all together uh for friday and that way everyone in sts nation gets to see everybody so i think she posted that on the youtube page but uh Usually we have a bigger panel, but we've got Eric Bland. He's the man, future state senator, Taylor Bell. So let's just have fun today. We'll take a lot of questions from you guys. The first one is from May Uh, to you, Taylor. Is Alec delusional enough to really think he is getting out? Um, This state has, uh, this uh, uh, case has obviously consumed South Carolina. Um, It seems like it's just a never ending, you know, flurry of uh, pleadings you know, motions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But do you think in his mind, this guy thinks he has a shot in hell of getting out? I think he has hope. Uh,
0: I think he has delusional hope. Yes, it is delusional hope. But every person in prison has hope. That's the only way they get through it. Um, and that's unfortunately when you're dealing with somebody that has significantly, uh, you know, substantial time that they're facing as a defense attorney, I I did it when I was a public defender. You have to be able to convince them to plead guilty sometimes because it's in their best interest. Um, when they go to trial, they have no hope if they lose at 27 years. He does 85% of that time. And that's assuming, which I don't think is probably going to happen that the murder case gets overturned. um, he's what, how old is he here? 54, 54. Taylor. 54. 54. So the average life expectancy in the department of corrections for a white male, I believe is 64 years old. Uh, It's even lower for a black male. The the data is out there. I've looked at it when I did some, you know, I, I did some representation of juveniles that were facing life without the possibility of parole. So, He's hoping that he lives to, what, 70-something years old when the life expectancy is not that. He's dying in prison with a 27-year sentence. Uh,
2: But, But Taylor, don't forget, he's got the federal sentence, and Judge Gergel's going to load him up. He pled guilty to 22 crimes on September 20th. He's going to get the max. So even if he lives to 76 and gets out, he's going to be marched right to a federal prison. Unless Judge Gurgle gives him concurrent time, which he's not going to do, was that was my question.
0: So this, so this that is was another question. I had. Was yeah. the agreement for the state time to run concurrent with the federal time? No, only on the murder charge. Only
2: on okay, okay. only on the double murder charge.
0: Okay, so then
2: yeah, I, I mean,
0: so I, I'll I'll come back and say <laughs> I, I represented a fellow last year, maybe a year or two ago, for a three million dollar wire fraud out of federal court um and 27 years is a lot my client got 36 months um he had a lot of extenuating circumstances elderly suffering from some some diseases uh and there were a lot of circumstances that you know led to what happened there uh that are not in existence in this case um this is a fella that you know took his position and his you know his role as an attorney this is a sacred role uh, you know uh, of representing people being trusted and absolutely you know he he is not going to get any benefit of any downward departure um whatsoever in the federal system mm.
2: no because he's not cooperating uh for him to get a downward departure on his sentence he would have to cooperate and he's not he hasn't done that yet um also He has to take a lie detector test in between September 20th and when he gets sentenced. And it's not limited to just the financial crime cases. So the federal government can ask him about drug his drug uh, purchasing, uh, any type of other money laundering. So, you know, the the jury is still out on what type of sentence and what type of ultimate uh, downward departure he may get. But Judge Gergel faced a backlash when he only gave Corey Fleming. Uh, 46 months, he is not going to give a light sentence. Now, what Harpootlian was trying to do was get Alex Murdoch into federal court to do his time in federal prison. Like every good lawyer, Taylor doesn't, if there's uh, competing charges between state and federal, he's trying to get his client in a federal prison because it's better time. It's easier time. It's safer time. Um, the, you know, the freedoms that you have in a, in a, in a federal minimum security prison, if they're financial crimes, you're only going to go to a minimum security prison, uh, are wonderful. Um, but, in this particular case alex the gauntlet in front of him is impossible to navigate you know those labor day shooting uh, charges are, are are serious charges there's insurance fraud built into that there's you know the 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 trying to take your own life which is a crime then you have the drug conspiracy charges still out there it's it's just pollyanna to think that there's a way that he's going to get out. And and by the way, there isn't a trial judge in our state that's going to give him a break. If he ever gets a break, it's got to be by an appellate court. A trial judge in our state is not wanting to face that kind of
0: backlash. But he's not even going to get a break in the appellate court because he's made our profession look look terrible. Yes. No, one, yeah. no one in the legal community is going to cut this fellow a break. And like Eric said, he's charged with violent offenses, even though they're not, considered physically violent, they're classified as violent. So under that classification it's 85%, and they're also classified as serious underneath the classification. So pursuant to that classification, he's going to be placed in the Department of Corrections in, in South Carolina in that type of facility for those offenses, now understand he's and protection right now, but he will always be classified because of those convictions, whereas in the federal system, he'd go somewhere like, you know, Butner, where, you know, it's made off when where Dan Johnson went and spent a year, you know, so, somewhere somewhere right. that, you know, you just wake Taylor, up. Let me ask you as an
1: as, as a, a non lawyer here, and I think probably a lot of people in the audience are, are thinking what I'm thinking, isn't it? And you guys have kind of addressed it. But isn't this all just sort of a moot point, assuming that is double murder conviction stands. I mean he's never seen the light of day, right? Agreed. Okay. Absolutely.
0: I think part yeah. of it's Harputlian trying to get trying trying to get publicity too. He's he's on his last, I guess, I don't know, hurrah. He's he's set his feet in the ground and he's just digging his heels in and he's gonna he's gonna be drugged by the horse and and the horse is not going to stop because there's no out for Alex here. It is well, the
2: the, the 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 victory that Harpillian wants, he doesn't really care about the financial crimes. That's not where he was, you know, hitching his wagon. He wants the murder conviction reversed. And I represent four of the sitting jurors, Joel, um, and I can tell you that the it, when they testify, and I can't tell you what they're going to say, but I believe they're going to they're going to testify. Uh, a, diametrically opposed to what Harpootlian said his one juror will testify to. And my understanding is there's six other jurors who are going to say that the clerk of court did not substantially interfere in a way that had anything to do with shaping their verdict or changing anybody's mind. Um, And if Harpootlian, like I always say, if you go for the king, you better kill him. If Harpootlian misses on this, Becky Hill, the clerk of court, and I believe I'm going to end up representing her, we will have the best defamation case against Dick Harpoonian because what he has said about her, he has said outside of court, in a press conference, at CrimeCon, to the press, and it's not privileged. And he has all but destroyed this woman's reputation. So um, they're hopeful that Now that Judge Newman has been told by the Supreme Court, basically, you need to step aside, and he agreed. He would not hear the motion for a new trial. So a new judge is going to come in. If a new trial is granted, and it's a big if, Harpillian then is going to have to make a motion, and it's not going to be Judge Newman most likely hearing the, the second trial if it's granted. And that new judge is going to have to make a decision, do I let all the financial crimes come in? under the 404 B. And do I let the Labor Day shooting come in? And if you don't have the financial crimes coming in, you don't have the Labor Day shooting come in, then, you know, Harpulian believes he's going to be able to show reasonable doubt as to the lack of direct evidence, direct evidence that Alex killed Maggie and Paul. And if he can beat that trial, that's Harpulian That's all he wants before he retires. That's his sole goal. Hmm. Um, You heard it here, uh,
1: Eric Bland may represent Becky Hill, and uh, Eric's saying that Becky Hill is uh, going to likely uh, survive these ac- allegations by,
3: uh, by our products. I fencing. hope.
1: Yeah, and we'll see uh, how that turns out. Um, speaking of defamation of Dick Carpulli, and uh, Eric, I don't think we talked since CrimeCon. My, my lovely mother accidentally defamed him by butchering his name. And then asking him if he played guitar as well as Craven waters. She was insulting no. him left and right. It was hilarious. Uh, un- and she was doing it unintentionally, though. Uh, Andy School here from Detroit. How is Eric Bland's new knee doing? By the way, my good friend, America's most respected detective, Phil Waters, is on every Friday. He investigated over 400 homicides. He's getting a knee replacement on December 5th. And I said, hey, I know somebody who just had it done not easy he was a power lifter like you um how's the knee doing eric
2: it's it's uh getting better i'm about 80 percent there i was actually pulling the sled about two hours ago uh with 200 pounds on it so i'm starting to rebuild it um it's tough i was supposed to i told you to get my left knee replaced but i'm not going to do it it's just too brutal of a surgery but i am on the mend and i really do appreciate it
0: and let's go uh, out there and pull a sled with you eric yeah
2: huh
0: I want to come out there and sword necks and pull a sled. I, I need to.
2: Absolutely. I need to scale. You got to see. It. It's had, the best.
0: We used to actually work out together, Aaron. Together. And I. Yeah. We did. We were in we the same, lawyer classes, and we same gym, man. We did. We used to work out yeah. together. Taylor, did you yeah, wrestle just... in college? I did not. No. You I did not. I chose to live at the beach and not in the mountains. Let me ask you can you.
1: Uh... <laughs> Do a double leg takedown, Eric Bland. No problem, especially with the knee now. With right? that knee, oh, Ryan, he's a, he's... he'd
2: kill me. He kill me. <laughs> he's an he's an amazing athlete. He really is at like quick. Keeping up the chatter
1: says Eric Bland. I'm a true fan. There you go, um, Eric Bland. Back to you. You know, a, an obvious and curious question of mine. Alec Murdoch's getting attacked from every you know every angle possible, as he should be, but especially financially. How in the hell is he paying Dick Harputley and Jim and Jim Griffin, who are these two very high-powered attorneys in South Carolina who have very high fees? How's he paying them?
2: Well, that's the the million-dollar question. You know, they talk out of both sides of their mouth. On sometimes they say they're doing it pro bono. On other times, they said that they've received money from Alex's four hundred one k. Also, don't forget, Alex inherited four million dollars from a trust fund from, when his father died. Three days after Maggie and Paul, each kid inherited $4 million in a trust. We also don't know if Harpoon is being paid by some of his siblings or some other benefactors. Uh, Dick rarely does anything for free. Um, you know, I was able to uh, stand them down on getting $160,000 for the appeal. And in CrimeCon, they admitted that they have been paid. You know, when they made their motion to get the $160,000, they claimed out of the 600000 531000 went to expenses. But, um, you know, we just don't know. Um, you know, Alex is cat-like. We don't, you know, the receivers only have recovered $1.8 million of the $10.5 million that he stole from his clients. Um, he was purchasing drugs Uh, to the quantity that only an elephant could consume. So we have to assume that he was selling uh, some of those opioids. And he was involved in a lot of different land deals. So there's money out there. It wouldn't surprise me if Alex buried cash, Um, but we'll see. You know, The highlight, I think, of my life will be on November 28th because I am going to get the opportunity to talk to Alex Murdoch. I'm going to look him in the green eye. And I'm going to tell him and his team exactly what I think about him, what he's done, like Taylor said, to our profession, how he's tarnished our state, how he's tormented a lot of these victims over the last two years by the bullshit motions that Team Murdoch has filed against my clients to try to get out of a $4.3 million judgment that he gave my clients. And then a year later, tries to get out of it. And then he tried to bring my clients in to federal court and add them as parties to a case where Nautilus Insurance Company is suing them to collect the money that he stole back from them. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are gonna have to tell, or that will tell Alex Myrtle, and he's gonna have to listen for the first time to a lot of victims, a lot of lawyers like me, a lot of lawyers like Taylor, are going to give this guy an earful. Now, at the end of the day, Judge Newman's gonna still give him the same 27 years that they negotiated. But like John Newman said at the end of the murder sentence, you know, when he goes back to his cell at night, Maggie and Paul are going to visit him every single night, but not in the way they think. And he can smirk and smile and harpootly and can give all of his, you know, funny, quippy jokes. But there's a lot of people that are going to tell them straight on November
1: 28th. Is that and that is sentencing day for this? Is that is that
2: that is the sentencing day? Yeah, and it will be will be on you know, covered by TV.
1: And Eric, you're, is that typical where an attorney is able to address the, uh, yeah, the defendant? Yeah, that's typical. We have the
0: Victims' Rights um, Act that must be complied with, and every victim, uh, whether themselves or a legal representative or somebody on their behalf, uh, has the opportunity uh, to, not the opportunity, they have the right to address the court. um, And, you know, Sarah Ford, who, who couldn't make it tonight, she represents, you know, um, an, an organization as legal, um, I guess, legal director there that, that fights for victims rights. And and in this situation, you know, as a defense attorney, you know, sometimes I, I you know, I can't I, I, I can't control what, what is said at these uh, at these hearings. I try to learn as much much as possible. But in one like this, where you have this many victims, I, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's going to be a day of reckoning. In terms of the substance that is told to him, and there is nothing he can do about it, there's nothing he can say that will undo what is said about him because they're going to get the last word. Um, in, in this, and Eric, you're doing and this could on be behalf as
2: long, of,
1: yeah, this is on behalf yeah, of the Satterfields. Be as long
2: Satterfields, uh, on behalf of the Plyler sisters. I, I represent seven victims, so I'm going to, you know, be talking about different, um, different victims. And, you know, of course the, the Satterfields will talk and the Plyler sisters can talk if they want to. And, and then there's the Pickneys and the Badgers and, you know, Tommy Moore is a highway trooper that he stole $125,000 from. And I'm also going to talk on behalf of, I represent a lot of uh, people that had statute of limitations cases blown by Alex, where he got the file in and never filed it in time. And people that had really good injury cases lost their right to sue because, you know, the file collected dust on the corner. That's just as pernicious uh, as stealing money from them because you took away their right for recovery when they were injured. And uh, it's just bad. It's bad all the way around. You know, we we want to clean up our system. You know, we want we want to be respected. People have a, a bad view of lawyers generally, but. You know, over the past two years, I think some lawyers have done some good job uh, throughout our state. And, you know, there's lawyers every day that toil really hard for their clients like Taylor does, for criminal defendants, that he does a good job to get them the best result. You know, they're entitled to justice and they're entitled to have the state prove their cases beyond a reasonable doubt, Um and he does it uh, sometimes with fanfare and with uh, public acknowledgments, but sometimes it's in anonymity, just alone in a courtroom with your client and a prosecutor, and he's arguing, you know, wall to wall.
1: Yeah, and he he was in the trenches as a uh, as a public defender. Um, Eric, Hell I did yeah. get yeah, I did get a bunch of tweets asking me specifically about the Satterfields. Um, are they going? What what is going to be the financial
2: uh? You know remuneration here are they going to be paid they yeah we've recovered over seven and a half million dollars for them and so their net after i took my our fees you know they made over four million dollars and if alex had just done nothing and the 4.3 million dollars came in and Corey fleming took his fee they only would have gotten 2.9 million so they have you know been compensated not i i contend not fully because they lost the use of their money. They have to pay some taxes
0: and there's some other components of it.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, they lost their
0: mother. Yeah. How are are they doing? I feel so bad for those, those boys. Oh yeah. It was horrible. That as an attorney, I don't know how you could have them walk in your office and think, all right, well, what can I do to take this money that they deserve that? And that's what he did. he literally, came up with a plan Encocted and a this. scheme yeah. to a special needs kid mm. and said, I'm going to take his, the lowest of low out there, absolutely lowest of low.
2: Yeah, there's a
1: special. Well, let, me even
0: make a fur-
2: let me even go further for you, Taylor. When he took the, the, he ended up with 3.5 million of the 4.3 million Corey Fleming got the rest. My client, Brian um, Harriet, who is the special needs vulnerable adult, was living in his mother's trailer after she died. He inherited it, but it was a note from Bank of America, and he didn't have the money to pay it. He works as a, a, a grocery bagger at a grocery store, and they were foreclosing on that. The foreclosure papers were sent to Alex Murdahl. He's sitting on $3.5 million. There was $23,000 owed on that trailer. Taylor. He didn't even pay it off. He let Brian Harriet get foreclosed upon and thrown out on the street. That's how despicable he is.
1: That's Eric Land, how does, how does this guy sleep at night? I mean, that's a question you should probably ask him when you get to, uh, you know, speak to him on the 28th. But how does this guy sleep at night? I mean, he killed his wife and his son, let alone stealing money from... He's a, he's a,
2: he's a narcissist and a psychopath. So you you have this, it's all about me. And then he has this psychotic type of outlook on life where, you know, obviously he doesn't feel guilt or remorse and he can manipulate and he can uh, take from people and he can do it over a course from, you know, the federal court has determined it started in 2005. So he did this from 2005 all the way through 2021. Joel, you're talking about 16 years. So he sleeps just fine. Guys like you and me and Taylor, the guilt would override us. it's like crime and punishment. you know we'd give ourselves away, but this guy's able to sleep like a baby, and yeah. you see him walking in the court, he doesn't look like he's suffering he he's he can adapt man he's just
1: he's pure evil. i'll take it a step further, and I know i'm going to take heat from what I'm about to say, but I wouldn't be sleeping too well if I was one of his attorneys either, and I know it's an important job to be a defense attorney, but there's a certain point where you just realize that your client is uh, an evil human being. And I think we passed that threshold here. Um, Kimberly C., uh, good evening, SDS Nation. If granted a new trial, Taylor Bell, how would AM Alec Murdoch afford it? Uh, would he at some point need a public defender? Would he go from
0: Dick Harputley and Jim Griffin to a public defender? I don't believe so no, do- because I believe, like Eric said, uh, Harputley is going to see it through because he is, he is determined – this murder case to win. He is determined that he's going to have that conviction overturned to prove a point. Um, You know, having, having, you know, no, I I don't know Dick very well. Eric knows him a lot better than I do. Um, But having been in the legal community, know how he operates, know how he operated as a politician and how he, how he does things, you know, he's, he's going to see it through himself. Uh, But again, Eric also mentioned that he has a $4 million trust somewhere. Um, I, I'm interested as what the, on the civil side of things, folks have done to try to uh, obtain, you know, financials on, on, on this trust, you know, because if it's out there, there's gotta be some trust docs that have, you know, who's the trustee who, you know, what are the parameters of the trust? I'm very, very interested in, in where that is because, you know, at, at some point, did you know? Is there a way that you can pierce that? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what the docs say, and it's very unlikely that's the purpose of a trust. Um, but Do we know if did Buster it have was his funded. own? Did, yeah, did
1: Buster have his own trust? Did, does, is Buster set up? No,
2: Buster. Buster um, has been able to get six hundred thousand dollars from the assets that um, Alex and Maggie had from Maggie's estate in return for um mallory beach's family uh getting money from some of the money that came from maggie's estate um so buster is going forward with six hundred thousand dollars and that was an agreement between the receivers and mark tinsley uh, and alex's lawyers um and then you know there is rumors that he was paid for the fox documentary to give that in in early september um but he has $600,000. Um, yeah, by,
1: by Murdoch standards, I mean, his dad screwed, you know, he killed his son Paul, but he just left his other son out, basically, you know, left him to dry. You know, it's just. uh, He waited, so for,
2: waited 42 minutes to call him on the phone to tell him that his mother and brother died. He made phone calls to Paul's friends from 10 o'clock to 10 42. He called his brothers. He looked up an internet search, he participated in a text stream, and then at 10.42, he decided he was going to call his only living son to tell him, oh, by the way, your mother and brother died. After, for two years, not telling his only living son that I actually did see your mother and brother two minutes before they died, I was at the kennels, and I've lied to you for two years by telling you that I wasn't at the kennels.
1: Eric, I know you're thinking about this a lot, this victim uh, impact statement that you're going to deliver when you come up with something, you jot it down, you have a little notebook going right now with some thoughts and ideas.
2: Um, you know, I do buzzwords, but you know, this, I've been living it and I've been waiting for this. I mean, I'm just, my teeth are sharpened to really tell this guy exactly what I think of him on behalf of my clients and as a lawyer, what I think of him. Um, he's just, uh, he's pure evil and he's gained this system. His lawyers have gained the system. And I'm all for defense attorneys putting the prosecutors through the hoops that they should go through. But um, Jim Griffin made a statement the other day. Oh, Alex has been dying to plead guilty since September 21 to these financial crimes. And so he's this is a weight off his chest. No, he hasn't been dying to plead guilty because when I sued him civilly, Jim Griffin in 2022, answered the complaint and denied that he stole the money from the Satterfields. They then tried to take the judgment away that they gave to the Satterfields. They then tried to add the Satterfields to a federal court action. So, no, Alex Alex has no remorse. Alex has never intended to plead guilty like this. He's just in a box. He's only he saying it
0: because he got caught. He'd still be stealing money today if he didn't get caught. I mean, let's, no let's be about it. I mean, he's only he's only sorry right now and saying he's sorry and pleading guilty because he got caught. Uh,
2: mm, absolutely, he'd still
0: be he'd still be flying a private jet to South Carolina Clemson game coming up this weekend. Uh, if if he hadn't have gotten caught, uh, he'd still be you know making sure that he 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 took care of uh, his, his son, making making sure that he he didn't get in trouble for whatever he was out there doing. He'd be protecting his friends, uh, doing the same exact stuff, but he got caught and he's put in a box and folks like him or um, why, why, you know, look, as a defense attorney, I represent people accused of crimes, but at the end of the day, it, 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 the process plays its way out and there's punishment and, and there must be punishment for crimes that are committed And he's committed a crime that he's not safe to be in society with. And he's in a box now. And that's where he needs to be. He needs to stay there where he cannot hurt anyone else, because today he would still be hurting those people if he's not where he was.
2: Well said. Yeah, I mean, you know, when somebody walks into a bank with a gun, they have, you know, our courts have no problem giving that person 35 years uh, for armed robbery. But if you really think about the carnage and this raw carnage that Alex has caused, these people lost loved ones. My two Plyler girls lost their mother and their brother. They, Some of them have catastrophic injuries that they need that money that he stole to get better. They have a loss of income. They lost their jobs. They're fully disabled. Arthur Badger lost his wife in 2013 and was left with five children. Alex stole $1.3 million from him. He didn't get that money until the law firm paid them paid him in 2022. What do you think $1.3 million would have done for Arthur Badger during that 10-year period of time when he's raising five kids on a pauper salary? That's the kind of carnage he cost. He is, uh, someone in the chat
1: just said, an absolute train wreck. I agree with that. By the way, his quote in court is laughable. He goes, I, this is uh, Alec Murdoch's quote I agree that I wrongly took all of that money and did all of those crimes. I disagree with some of the narrative. I am guilty and I believe I would be found guilty. I'm glad to finally be given the opportunity to plead guilty. I am happy to be pleading guilty to these charges for a number of reasons. Most disingenuous comment. And like Taylor said, it's because he got caught. Um, Taylor, what do you know about, uh, our friend, cousin Eddie Smith, do you know anything? We were going to have Amy Zimmercheck. She couldn't make it. Uh, shout out to McSpunky, who's the uh, membership donor here at STS.
0: Go ahead, Taylor. All I know is that uh, I think uh, Amy is pushing for a trial because I think that Alex has tried to make him a fault for a lot of things, and a lot of it's not, not true. Uh, I can't divulge what what I know because, you know, I, I have trust in my fellow attorneys when we talk about things um, and, and I'm not at liberty to say anything. But I will tell you this, that she she's a fighter and 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 Amy's a hell of a lawyer uh, and he's got He's he's got a good lawyer that's going to fight for
1: him. Mm. Um, Eric touched on this, but Eric, if you want to explain this a little bit more, so I think it's interesting. Uh, Alec Murdoch's going to be subjected to a polygraph test, and they could even call him to, quote unquote, testify fully and truthfully before any grand juries and at any other trials or other proceedings. Whose idea was this? Was this a Creighton Waters decision that will will make this plea deal under this uh, with this?
2: That's the federal court plea that that, uh, the U.S. attorney requires you to take that polygraph as part of your plea because. They want to make sure that you're, you're going to tell the truth. Look, Alex is using um, really cagey words. Um, I wrongly took money. No, he stole the money. OK, let's let's call it what it is. He says, well, I misrepresented some things. No, you lied. I mean, let's stop this sugarcoating bullshit language that I'm hearing. And, you know, we'll talk about that at the sentencing. But he still doesn't get it. He's not able to say, I am a thief, because that's what he is. He's a pure thief. That's it. That's it. At the end of the day, he's just a thief and a murderer, but he's a thief. He's not a drug addict because if he was so drug addled as Harputlin has tried to peddle since the start of all this, the guy would have been in wreck, car wrecks. He would have missed court hearings. He would have fallen asleep when he's meeting with his partners and his clients. He would have been in front of a jury, head down at the table. He would have fell asleep at Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, he probably had opioid usage and an opioid addiction, but it wasn't enough to, uh, uh, manipulate his lifestyle or anything to the point that he couldn't function. He was a functioning drug addict. I mean, Taylor, have you,
0: have you represented functioning drug addicts? Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they exist every day. I mean, I've had friends that were functioning addicts um, out there. You know, it's, it's it, Eric said it right. We use these words misrepresented. We use these le- words wrongfully, you know, obtained or, you know, no, he, he's a thief. And, and I suspect he's always been a thief. I suspect there's other things out there that he did his entire life, and I suspect that you know the, the thing that worries me most um, about some of this too, from the defense perspective is how many cases did he maybe mishandle while he was a, a prosecutor that, that maybe somebody had done him wrong and in the community and he used his power as a prosecutor and incarcerated them. Uh, and his father and his grandfather and his great grandfather.
2: Absolutely. The power man. that they had in that courtroom, Taylor, absolutely.
0: was stunning. You know, I, you mentioned earlier that the, the plea, you know, was the best thing probably for the community. I took a look at when you were saying that, you know, people don't understand how our court system work here. We don't have jury trials every single day. We have terms of court. And we only have so many terms of court. And as Eric was saying, you know, honestly, from a from perspective of the community and everybody getting closure to this, a, another trial would have been two weeks. That's where an, another opportunity where, where we wouldn't have court for other folks out there where we all know he's absolutely guilty and he's never leaving prison. You know, we we don't have be able to have a trial every single day throughout South Carolina. And you go to these small counties, they may have, uh, you know, court only once a
2: month. Right, one term of court a quarter.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I wanted to touch on that, and I hadn't, that he, you know, he got what he deserved. While everyone might say it's not, you know, the 999 years, he's never coming out of prison. And rightfully so, but again, what worries me is, and I hope he thinks about that too. If he did do things like that, if he took advantage of his power as a prosecutor and incarcerated people, I hope he thinks. And I don't think he does. But he's getting a taste of where he sent people, maybe wrongfully too. And and that just is what worries me too. You know, we see well, all these things are coming to badge. light.
2: He carried a badge as a part-time solicitor. He had blue lights put installed on his suburban without the chief of police. Uh, knowing it or approving it, he he would flash his badge to get into IHOP to break the the line on Sunday morning. He would flash his badge in different settings. He flashed his badge after the boating accident at the hospital. Did he like he's some kind of you know law enforcement officer? I mean, it's insane.
0: And that's, it's that's an decades and decades hours. of the family. That that's not just him. That's something that's, that that's in ingrained in you. You are correct. You don't just all of a sudden do that. You were taught to do that by somebody uh, and thought that it was okay. And and so that's probably coming down from from his father, his grandfather that, you know, used that power, I I would expect, you know, because you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to act this way. Um, you, You learn this, you start getting away with things and your power just continues to grow and you think that you're invincible. And, and that's what happened. I mean, that, um, Eric, May has a comment.
1: I'm not going to bring it up because I want to get to Stephen Smith too. But uh, why are his assets, Alec Murdoch's assets, not being seized? This case has enough national attention for warrant of aggressive FBI investigation. Um, are his assets not being seized?
2: They are. Uh, the receivers have recovered $1.8 million. And there's a proceed. there's a process where the victims make application to a court-appointed special referee for recovery of that $1.8 million. And so far, there's only basically been, I just talked to the receiver last Friday, only seven victims. And that tells me that a lot of people have been made whole by Justin Bamberg representing some victims, obviously Mark Tinsley representing, um, Mallory Beach's family and some others and and the people that my partner, Ronnie Richter, and I represented. But the federal government has a significant restitution order out there. But there's just there. There's, you know, unable to find these assets, Joel. I mean, he did live a wealthy lifestyle, but he didn't have planes. He didn't have a Ferrari. Um, You know, he wasn't wearing Briani suits and Ferragamo shoes, but it's somewhere. I think it's buried. I, I think that he's got it with friends or, you know, on that property somewhere or on his family's property or it's in limited partnerships that you can't touch or it's overseas. I mean, you know, in in, you know, Caribbean or places where he would go.
1: Yeah. And by the way, they uh, they interviewed. It was actually an excellent uh, dateline uh, on the Alec Murdoch trial, and they interviewed a bunch of the investigators who talked about how hard it is. This was the most recent dateline about how hard it is uh, to search that 1,700-acre Moselle property. Um, Taylor, Helen Steiner, what is the status of the Stephen Smith investigation? At one point, they were talking about persons of interest. Do you have any information on that that you're able to share? Eric would know more
0: than me. I, I do know that before Eric represented uh uh, Stephen Smith's family, uh, that that Mike Hemlip, uh, an attorney in my office that left our office and went into uh, back into public service uh, with the city of Columbia. So Eric would know more on that than, than I would.
2: Yeah, it's basically... Um... It stalled. Uh, we had a lot of momentum in the spring when we exhumed this body and we had a second autopsy done and a grand jury's impaneled. And there's you know, we were told that there's six people who have knowledge, uh, not that they're suspects, but that they're persons of interest, that they have knowledge. That, um, of what may have happened to Stephen on that road. And we thought that after the murder case, when a lot of people were courageous enough to come forward and and testify against the Murdaugh's and attack that citadel of privilege that they've enjoyed for so long, that finally people would just tell the truth and open up and, and say what happened. You know, Sandy Smith is not looking for somebody to be uh, charged and convicted. What she's looking for is answers. She's a grieving mother Who lost their son? It's it's eight years. She doesn't have answers, and we thought we were going to get somewhere, but right now we haven't heard anything in two months. And quite frankly, I'm about to get hard on the microphone again. I've I've talked to uh, I to Chief Keel and told him how disappointed we are and and how anxious my client is. And um, you know, we're going to up the reward. We had a reward of thirty thousand dollars, and now we're going to increase the reward. Uh, if someone can give us some information by the end of the year. And, uh, you know, we're using all the money that was raised in the GoFundMe uh, to try to get people to come forward. I haven't taken a fee at all for representing Stephen. I just want to help out this family.
0: Was So, so I, in terms of the investigation, um, part of me, you know, reading through some of the, some of the documents that have been released, um, and, and the way that folks have spoken seems to me like there may have been some government uh, players involved that may have obstructed the investigation at some point. And I was always wondering whether or not, you know, there, there was going to be charges in terms of some type of obstruction for those folks that, you know, maybe impeded the investigation to protect people. Um, if that was going to be the, what they went for first maybe, in order to open up people's mouths and start talking. I don't know. Eric may know more
2: than I do. What what happened, Taylor, is that they had the highway department um, investigate this, and it should have been SLED. But the reason was the highway department is he was found on a road. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, um, the, um, the, the coroner and the pathologist, they said that Stephen was hit by a car. Uh, Thomas Moore, who happens to be one of the victims of Alex Murdoch, the state patrolman, who Alex took $125,000 from on a workers' comp case, he actually was an investigator for the highway patrol. And he said, this wasn't caused by highway wreck. This should be investigated by SLED. And what happened is the highway department had that file for five years. And in 2021, they announced that the investigation was over and they released this file publicly which should have never happened. It, it was transferred to sled, and so all of that material—105 pages of investigative notes of different people saying, uh, mentioning Myrtle. Myrtle was mentioned. The Myrtle name was mentioned 41 times, I believe, in that 105 pages. It really caused people to chill because they were naming friends of Buster and friends of Paul. And it really it was just a shit show, Taylor, to be quite, quite frank, where they should have never released that investigative file.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, N.J. Cool Chick, uh, with a super sticker here for Eric. Can you explain why Alec took an Alford plea for the charges against Randy and the firm? I'm not, I'm not aware of that. I, I'm not aware of that. either. I'm not so. aware of that. There was
0: an offered plea either. Okay. So I, I don't think, an I, don't think Judge New, I don't think Judge Newman would have accepted an offered plea. And I, in fact, I don't know if I've, and I've been in front of Judge Newman, I don't know how many times before on you know, criminal cases, pleading people guilty. And I don't know if I've ever seen an offered plea in front of Judge Newman. Some judges do not accept them. And he may. Why don't you explain an
2: offer plea for the listeners, Taylor?
0: uh, Well, essentially, what you're acknowledging is is that um, if you went to trial, there's a substantial likelihood that you would be found guilty by a jury. However, because of the facts. However, uh, because of the negotiations uh, with the prosecution, you want to accept the benefit of the negotiations and say, you're guilty but under North Carolina versus Alford. is a case that came out uh, many, many, many years ago. And it is, you, you have the ability to do that. So if you were to go to trial, you believe that there's a substantial likelihood that you'd be found guilty. But in lieu of going to trial, you wanna accept the benefit of the bargain, which is the plea. And you will acknowledge that had you gone to trial, you could be found guilty substantial, substantial like But you're not acknowledging, you don't have you're, to acknowledge. You don't have guilt to acknowledge that you, you actually did anything. Uh The only real impact that it has may be in a civil case, if they try to use right. a prior guilty plea in something that they brought up. In, but in terms of convictions, same exact result uh, of the conviction.
1: Mm. Uh, there's some other uh, pertinent news here. So the defense, basically asked uh, Judge Clifton Newman, a classy guy, to recuse himself, and it happened. Uh, he said that he would recuse himself from any future motions related to this
2: case. Eric, what is that all about? no, nope, no. Nope, nope. Okay. He recused himself from any future motions having to do with the murder case. The murder. He did not recuse himself from the financial crime cases. However, on the morning of the plea last Friday— They made a second motion to recuse Judge Newman in the Satterfield financial crime case that was scheduled for um, the 27th. Look, I've been saying since the since um, September that Harputlian was going to do anything that he could to get this Satterfield case postponed. He wants it next year, a year from now, because his goal was to reverse the murder conviction and only have a federal court guilty verdict guilty plea be um outstanding at this time then he would take the um he's still Alex is still under the custody of the state there's a seven million dollar bond what he would have done is get another judge to hear the bond and have that bond reduced and then Alex Murdoch would get out of uh, state confinement, walk to a federal prison, and do his time in federal prison. I, the, the, there is a real question, and Taylor would agree, that somebody is denied bond for financial crime cases or denied bond for murder. It's you have a constitutional fundamental right to make bond. It has to be a reasonable bond based on the circumstances. And somebody would argue, as Harputlian did, $7 million without a 10 percent. Is an unreasonable bond. And so what would have happened is Harputlian would have gotten that bond reduced or hopeful and then moved them to federal court. But what happened is Judge Newman said, no, we're going to trial in November, which really forced his hand to make all these motions against Judge Newman and um to get this trial delayed. Uh, by the way, a lot of people in the chat are saying that there was an Alfred
1: plea on one charge. And I don't know what that one charge is. So uh I'll look into that, and uh, but maybe you stumped, uh, maybe you stumped the panel here because a bunch of people are saying definitely stumped
2: me. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, what does this say, Joel and Eric? Yes, it did happen and was weird during the hearing. He did indeed take an Alford plea, uh, only in regard to the brother. Go back and listen because I went, what it happened, so uh, I didn't know about that. That's yeah, interesting. And, okay. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to I, check. I'm, it
0: out. I'm shocked that Judge Newman. But then again, as Eric said, I believe that there was some pressure being put on the attorney general to wrap this stuff up because I think there's a lot of other cases that the attorney general's office has that are getting held up, that people want their day in court, that do- judges that are controlling the dockets, we, we've got a new docketing order, they need to get resolve, resolve these cases. And if this this case is holding up All those other cases it's slowing down just as well as this is justice, 27 years for white collared crime. That's a sentence. I mean, that's, you know, what I can't name another one other than what Murdoch or uh, um, Madoff. I don't know. Bernie Madoff. I I mean, that's uh, right. That's federal court. Yeah, they, I'm, I'm th- let's talk state court. Yeah. So are oh, you absolutely. telling me the last yeah. white what collar, about
1: this Sam Bankman-Fried? Was he sentenced yet to Sam Bankman-Fried? He's going to get more time than
2: anyone. The, uh, the yeah, but that, 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 that's a Wall Street, yeah. you know, federal, federal <laughs> crime. I'm, we're talking just state court. This is state court.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you get weekend time for, for hundreds of thousands of dollars for, um, for, for financial crimes <laughs> in state court. Um, well, they, they want to get the, they want to get the money back for the victims. And the only way they do that, is sometimes that's all the victim cares about is getting money back. And the only way they do that is if you put them on probation and let them work and earn the money back. But realistically, I mean, I, I don't believe that there's some of the victims are ever going to get their money back other than through insurance policies. Um, I mean, so, there's there's no point in ever trying to get that money back in in terms of allowing him to work he can't work as a lawyer I mean he, he's got no other skill set um, out there um, I mean he, maybe he could be like sheriff Metz and open up a open up a yards a yard maintenance you know business or whatnot who went to he, he he went to federal prison for a year and now runs a, a yard maintenance uh, um, uh, company but you know you know I I don't know. I I think that's why it happens is so that people can get their money back because there's not insurance policies for folks that just go out and steal from their employer, go steal from their neighbor, I guess, um, or or loved one. But but, you know, from from Russell Defeat, he's got a nine million dollar restitution
2: order and he's got you know seventy four months that he or eighty four months he's got to do in federal prison. I mean, nobody's ever going to get nine million dollars. Federal government's not going to recover it. I I really would love to see. How many restitution orders actually get paid, Taylor? You know what I'm so saying?
0: I will tell you in my case, that was $3 million, it was the highest percentage of return on restitution out of any case that the prosecutor here in South Carolina had ever recovered. And that's because my client did not waste the money and he, it's, it's wild circumstances, but there was wow. more, than, more than half of the money was recovered um Mm. it was ridiculous uh but that's why he got what we we were able to work out um but yeah it it doesn't happen those kinds of numbers they're never gonna they're never gonna get a nine to five job and that's the only job they're gonna get when they get out um and i'm not saying bad i'm I'm not down talking right but it's just not gonna physically ever logically
1: be able to happen uh, Shelby Taylor. He pled Alfred in charges related to Randy. I watched it and lost my mind. Eric Bland. Uh, shouldn't the victims is Catherine in Maui uh, that was devastated by the fire. Shouldn't the victims get paid before Dick?
2: Um, well, they there's one point eight million dollars that Harpillion was trying to grab. He w- he asked the federal court to commandeer the $1.8 million from the state court receiver and pay it in the federal court, Judge Gergel said, not happening. So there is $1.8 million that's going to be distributed to uh, victims um, of Alex Murdahl. So that is at least that. But, um, you know, we do not know how much. Har- Look, Harpillion got paid $500,000 to represent Paul Murdaw, And we know that Paul died. Uh, he was killed by Alex before the BUI voting under the influence charge could ever be tried. So, you know, Dick Carpillion had a five hundred thousand dollar windfall and he was paid that five hundred thousand dollars magically almost to the same month that Alex stole the money
0: from the Satterfields. Mm. Um, That's that's an enormous fee, man. I tell you what. Um, and that that's a fee that you're you're not you're not you're not Paying for time there, you're, you're, you're buying Thank for result. Yeah. You're, you're buying you're, favor. You're buying favors with that kind of fee right there. In my opinion. I mean, well, I've represented for, for, you know, D, D felony DUIs. I've never charged $500,000. Um, <laughs> I mean, th- I, I wouldn't know how to bill that kind of, you know, Hours and in research into the case, you know, yeah, they're expensive and they're hard, but 50,000, but 500. No, mm. um, just
1: one last thing that happened in my notes. This was uh really like serendipity, but it was fascinating from the Dateline episode. Uh, Lieutenant Britt Dove, uh, this is the quote. Uh, this was an investigator dealing with um Paul Murdoch's phone, and uh, the quote is, I was in disbelief, I hollered out that I found it uh to nobody in particular because i was in the office working by myself uh basically the story here is they had paul's phone and they couldn't figure out the code and you're only allowed you know the three attempts and you get locked out and otherwise they would have to send it away eric you know the story and they said it could take up the seven years to unlock that phone
2: and apple then, doesn't cooperate
1: yeah it's crazy and so they just on a whim they put in Paul's birth date and uh 041499 opened the phone 041499 that's Paul Murdoch's birthday and when they opened that they found that video of Alec Murdoch at the kennels when he said he was yeah. never there
2: right and without that video and without the snapchat video they never would have been able to convict him. there's no question crazy so and uh that, if that if lawyers
0: let him talk
1: right lawyers yeah, let him
0: talk I, mean, that was that was, I mean, I'm just thinking from the get go. Why are you letting your why are you letting your client go in there and just answer and get questions? interviewed?
2: Yeah, this, this crazy. it's crazy.
0: It's crazy.
1: It's absolutely, absolutely crazy. But if you believe in divine intervention, uh, that would be a time to believe in it because uh, karma came and bit Alec Murdoch right on the behind. Um, for those who do not know, Taylor Bell. He is a fine criminal defense attorney out of South Carolina. He was also in the public defender's office for for six years. All you guys watching in the Palmetto State, you need to vote for uh, Taylor. Tell us what you're running for, what district and all that. Tell us about this.
0: Uh, I'm running for state Senate District 10. Uh, It runs from Greenwood through Saluda County all the way into the town of Lexington. It's the entire south side of Lake Murray. Um, I'm here to take care of my community, take care of the education, uh, and, and serve folks and not serve myself. And he's going to be website. What is yeah. your website for donations? Thank my you. My website Aaron. is bell4senate.com. Is that the number four? F O U R. F O R. Sorry. F O R is bell4senate.com.
2: There you go. Don't listen to me. Bellforsenet's probably right, long my long. donation's coming in about 10 minutes.
1: And I, I want to see
2: somebody else keep donating. I'm not going to be the only one tonight. I want all you um, listeners out there to give. I'm Taylor's donating money.
1: Taylor's a friend. I'm definitely
2: hopping on. He's a there. good guy, man. He's a yeah. really good guy, and he's he's been in the trenches. You know, we need public defenders, and for him to do that for six years is extraordinary because most get burned out within the first two years because he he's handed. You know, he has 300 to 400 open files as a public defender. It's just, it's disgraceful. Taylor, are you making wrestling
1: mandatory in, uh, in all schools, starting in kindergarten or what?
0: Uh, I wish I could do that, but, you know, um, I can't. But I, I've always, you know, I've always floored the wrestling programs at the schools that I've been at. Uh, you know, Eric, Eric knows. Eric saw me. I, I used to have a wrestler meet me at the gym at 5 a.m. every morning. His mom would drop him off at my house at, at like 4:30 on her way to work and he would go to the gym with me every morning uh, yes, and then i dropped drop him off at school. Yes, you know yes, he, he did. he's finishing up college uh, his his last year of college football this year. Really? He didn't wrestle in college? Tell he me. did. He wrestled 2 years at a junior college, uh then took a break and then got offered an opportunity to go to uh, a division three school and finish out his education. And he's going to have a college degree at the end of this year. Um, and I'm so proud. There of you so go. Him. There you go. Awesome. He was a serious wrestler. Yeah. He's a stud.
1: He <laughs> yeah. still there, is. Eric Bland needs no uh, outro here. Everyone knows who he is. He's been working on the Murdoch case on behalf of. Uh, of a lot of the people who uh, had money stolen from them. A uh, stand-up guy always comes on the show. He's also a host of Cup of Justice. Um, I understand Mandy has a new book out, Eric. Um,
2: yeah, she does. What, Blood do you know- on their hands. It's a it's a great book. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a memoir, but it tells the inside story of how she broke so many different parts of the Murdoch cases. You know, I would not have— been retained to represent the Satterfield, how she not found that one document uh, that was in the court files indicating that there was a partial settlement for Gloria's death. You know, there's only two documents that exist in the court record having at all to do with Gloria's death. None of the approvals, none of the orders that were signed by Judge Carmen Mullen are in the court file. And she found this one document and she wrote about it and the family read it and said, what are we talking about here? $500,000? We haven't gotten any money. And that that started the whole ball rolling. So, you know, she she's had an extraordinary trajectory. And her podcast, uh, True Sunlight, which was the murder Murdall Murders podcast, is a, an award-winning podcast. And, you know, she went from, you know, uh, anonymity to now tremendous notoriety. Kudos to her
1: at uh, STS. We always say a rising tide lifts all ships. So uh, the book is "Blood on Their Hands." Is that right? Yeah. By the book, it's all about the Alec Murdoch trial by Mandy Matney. Uh, huge thanks to both these guys. A reminder: we're gonna be live 10:45 a.m. tomorrow. Live coverage and analysis of Donna Sue Adelson's first appearance in her new home, Tallahassee, Florida. Until then, love you, America. <laughs>